Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Michael, three old guys that are testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Today's Rocktail Hour is brought to you by Audible.com. Download a free audiobook of your choice from the link on our homepage or affiliates page. In today's Rocktail Hour, Tim is going to tell us the story of Open Arms by Journey. This Rocktail Hour from Tim is a little memento to your Valentine's Day sweetheart. Tim? Happy Valentine's Day to all of our listeners. This is uh, one of the iconic songs from way back when I was a teenager in high school. And I'd just like to say that um, if I'd ever gotten a date to the prom, I really would have wanted <laughs> to dance with somebody to this song. So um, we've had quite a few requests from listeners to do something by journey. And if I were to choose a Journey song, uh, not for anything other than Valentine's Day, I probably wouldn't pick Open Arms. Now, having said that, I really think this is a good song, but I think there are some great, great Journey songs. And so I promise that in the future, uh, we'll get to some of those uh, other Journey songs. However, I will say that this is Journey's biggest hit of all time. Uh, of any of the songs that they've ever written, this this rose the highest in the charts and had the most sales. It did hit Billboard's Hot 100 uh, number two in February of 1982, and that's as high as it ever got. And would any either of you like to take a guess as to what kept it out of the number one spot? 1982. Uh huh. Thriller. Thriller. No. Oh. Jay Giles. Oh, Jay yeah. Giles <laughs> Band Centerfold. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of those immortal classic rock and roll songs. And, and I will tell you that, that Open Arms is far surpasses Centerfold. Yeah, I think they were probably battling for number three with the Go-Go's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This song has been credited with pioneering the uh, anthem, the rock anthem or the power ballad, uh, and has been named by VH1 as the greatest power ballad of all time. It is a very, very good song. I'd love to even dedicate this song to my wife, but she can't stand it, so... <laughs> Uh, I did sneak on her phone one time uh, and, and made open arms the ringtone uh, on her phone for whenever I called her. And that was quickly replaced by T-Mobile's uh, own ringtone. <laughs> My so, wife's ringtone for me is I'm too sexy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. My ringtone for Jenny is Feel Like Making Love by Bad Company. <laughs> Shameless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine is still the T-Mobile theme. Open Arms almost never got recorded. Uh, this was a huge uh, dispute among the band members. Now, I will tell you that Escape is one of my uh, all-time favorite albums. Every song on that album was a hit. Uh, just fantastic songs. And then it was followed up by Frontiers, which was almost as good, but but not quite as good as Escape. Every song on that album is incredible. And this song, Open Arms, is distinctively different uh, than any other song on that album, which was one of the reasons that some of the band members didn't want to include it. Now, this song was written by Jonathan Kane, and Steve Perry gets a, a writing credit as well because he helped, uh, he helped Jonathan Kane develop this song to put it on the Escape album. Jonathan Kane uh, came to Journey from a band called The Babies, 
and he had earlier presented this song uh, for them to record, and Open Arms was turned down by John Waite, who was the vocalist for the Babies. Well, he came to Journey at some point, and they were they were working on uh, this album, Escape, and he pitched it to the band. Well, Neil Sean absolutely hated it, didn't want it to be a part of the album, and, and said it was completely different than any of the other songs on the album. In fact, Neil Sean uh, said it was very syrupy and sounded really like it came off of the Mary Poppins soundtrack. He, he was very against it. Uh, Steve Smith, the drummer, he, he didn't he didn't like the song either, but Steve Perry really liked it, and he recognized that it provided him an excellent opportunity to really explore the vocals in the song, and so he helped uh, Jonathan Cain make some revisions to it, and uh, according to some of the research that we did, um, the studio sessions, the recording portion of this song were just a little bit tense uh, because some of the band members were so opposed to it. Uh, but it was um, it was recorded, it was put onto the album, and very shortly thereafter, Journey began to tour. And the very first time that they played this to a live audience on tour, the audience went wild, which very quickly turned Neil Sean's uh, opinion around about uh, how good this song was. And uh, I guess that Neil Sean came off the stage, they took a break, and said, you know, that song kicked and... And Steve Perry is kind of quoted as saying, well, I wanted to kick Neil Sean's because he wouldn't let it. He was so opposed to doing it in the first place. But uh, very quickly uh, became their their most popular song of all time. Um, this is the very first album uh, that I bought on 8-track uh, for myself with my own money and, and used it in my very own car that I had purchased for myself, a 1969 Volkswagen Squareback. And I... Yep. I actually incorporated um, great big uh, speakers into my stereo system in the car from my home. They were home stereo speakers <laughs> hooked into my 8-track player. And, uh, you know, I could walk or I could drive down the street in, in my Volkswagen Squareback and, and you could literally see the mirrors shaking from, from the bass in, uh, from Journey Escape. And, and so that's my story behind the song. I used to sit and stare as a kid at the artwork for Escape, thinking that it was just so futuristic and exciting. And if you look at it now, it it almost looks like a cheesy airbrush or something. But yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it, it does look a little cheesy. This was such a popular album. You know, it just it spanned um, across multiple genres. Uh, people that like pop, people that like country. At our school, you know, you, you usually were kind of pigeonholed into one area, but it just seemed like everybody had a lot of respect for this album. And for months and months and months, you would hear just almost every song off of this album being played over and over and over. In fact, the only one that I didn't ever hear that really got a lot of uh, radio airplay was uh, uh, Mother, Father. Other than that, I think they all got significant uh, airtime on the radio you know the kids are still listening to journey today too they you know my daughters both have journey on their uh on their ipods oh so this you know this is a band uh, and an album that spans generations too yeah well and i will say that uh, there's been some uh very famous covers of this clay aiken uh did a cover of well didn't do a cover of this but performed this and did very well on american idol allegedly i didn't see it (laughs) And Mariah Carey actually did very, very well, especially in, in England with this song. 
uh, and, and made it famous in its own right through through her version. It's been um, it's been included in many uh, movies uh, over the years, uh, especially during the 80s. It was a part of heavy metal. Uh, which was a horrible, horrible movie that I don't recommend to everybody. Uh, but it, cartoon, yeah, the the animated film, and um, and some other uh, classic 1980 teen romance movies, which I probably wouldn't recommend to my kids either. Um, having said that, it's it's just a classic song, and and it's really funny because there's a there's a radio station in Utah that plays all soft hits. And I would have never considered this, you know, when I was a kid as one of those all soft hits. But, you know, I swear to you, every time I'm scanning through the stations and land on that station, this song will be playing. So, Drake, to your comment that the kids still listen to it today, my 11-year-old daughter does as well. And Journey, to me, is a strange band because with songs like this that, that border on sappy... Right, that are so oh, yeah. overly sentimental yeah. that they could very easily kind of be, you know, thrown in the trash heap of history. But I think what keeps these songs alive is just the raw talent of Steve Perry. I would agree with you, Michael, um, that Steve Perry's vocals really elevate all of Journey's songs to a much higher level. But the musicianship of the rest of the band uh, shouldn't go unnoticed as well. I, they are an excellent, excellent, excellent band, and. Um, I've always appreciated uh, their music. Um, Steve Perry, uh, when he released his his solo album in about 1985, that was a very interesting album because I was such a fan of Journey and such a fan of Steve Perry. And when I when I listened to the new solo album, I was really impressed. And you know, I heard an interview with Steve Perry on MTV about how he had tried for years to get Journey to include some songs that had a little more of a uh, a bluesy feel. And and you could definitely tell that that's you know something that Steve Perry was trying to work towards in that um, in that solo album and that great song off of that solo album was again another sort of cheese tastic song called Oh Sherry, which was you know a huge hit for Steve Perry and and really um, really only successful and good because of his incredible vocal work. Otherwise, it you know it probably would have fallen flat. One of my favorite Steve Perry moments was during the uh, World Series a couple years ago. San Francisco was in the in the World Series and their theme song for the series was Don't Stop Believin'. And they were playing that in the stadium one day and Steve Perry was there and he was just singing at the top of his lungs to his song and they and they got it on video and they showed it on the on the on, up on the big board of Steve Perry singing along with his own song that was that's playing awesome. over the loudspeakers. I think that the, the video of that went viral on uh, YouTube as oh, well. Oh, that's awesome. As he's texting his agent to make sure he's getting a royalty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tim. That was an outstanding Rock Tale Hour, bringing us the story behind Open Arms by Journey. For the listeners of the Rock Tale Hour, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook download with a 14-day trial membership to give you a chance to try out their service. Audible.com has over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. One audiobook Rocktail Hour listeners may be interested in is Eric Clapton's Autobiography. Download your free audiobook from the link on our homepage or affiliates page. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong, if you have an interesting Rocktail Hour of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. Also, please contact us if you want to buy the next round in an upcoming Rocktail Hour by becoming a sponsor. Until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on! Rock on!